Hello everyone, welcome back to the Football Down Your Podcast, your home of Dutch football. Michael Statham, joined by Mike Bell. And um, whilst we've both been very busy, especially Mike, with football and you recently, we haven't done a podcast in a while, so it's time to have a catch-up. Talk about the Eredivisie, the title race has been very exciting. Final are still top. We've got some um, Netherlands international clubs to talk about. There's still a good month away to the next Netherlands squad's announced, first one of Raul Koeman. But there are some players that really taken our eye recently. And um, Dutch teams in Europe as well. Um, always a good discussion to have and um yeah Mike, how how are you how are you enjoying the title race we've um seen final two hours of one this weekend final five points clear at the top and then ajax won um and it looks like now could be finals on ajax couldn't it um maybe it's the main two going for the title yeah i think it's been it was shaping up to be a very good title race i thought that you know a couple of weeks ago it looked at maybe five teams being in it um mm. but yeah, I think that as the season goes on, it's a couple of weeks. I think we're going to see a bit more of a shift towards it being really a two-horse race between between Feyenoord and Ajax. Um, and yeah, I think it's going to be be tight going towards the end of the season. I think that you know Ajax looked like they were drifting. Um, well, by the last time we did a podcast, we're probably talking about how bad they were. Um, but now yeah. Schroeder's gone and Heiting is in, then it's all seemed to turn around. Um, Eredivisie wise, anyway, I think we'll talk about him in Europe later on. But um, in terms of Eredivisie, I think he's he's got them playing well again and they're picking up wins. And it's just amazing what happens when you play the right players in the right positions and you get results. I mean, it's not that hard, is it, Mr. Schroeder? No, indeed. We'll touch upon Ajax, of course, a little later in this episode. Just let everyone know, of course, if you've got your own opinion of the title race, maybe you're um, a fanatic Ajax or final support, or maybe another. Dutch football supporter, and you think you know who's going to win the title race, do get involved in the YouTube comments or on Twitter. Let us know who you think will be the winners come May. Um, this is on YouTube, SoundClouds and iTunes, of course. Um, the comments on YouTube are usually um, riveting with what you think will happen. So let's talk first about, about finals. It feels like they've had so many late goals going lately um, and, and it's kept them on top. It's got a little cushion now just above Ajax three points which isn't of course a lot but it's it's given them confidence that this is going to be a special season for them and that's the mentality you seem to feel when they're getting these late goals they're into calc it's great atmosphere i i was thinking yesterday when final beat rz that if you put rz's front three in in place of finals front three i think those three players get into the final team um but apart from that i think you'd pick predominantly final players um, but if final just had a one or two extra quality, a striker, a winger, that that was a key player for them. They'd have extra goals in their team, and they wouldn't need this this scrapping for for late goals. And this tight race would be a little bit more comfortable for them. Um, a little bit of luck has come their way, of course, but you do make your own luck. Fair play to the minor slot has got them having a fantastic season. But there's much more to come from them as well in Europe as well. Cinema Cup. Yeah, what do you think about that, Mike? That they're just missing a quality player or two in attack. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. I think that you look at the summer, they brought in Jimenez and Daniel, and I think that Sock keeps rotating them because he's not sure which one no. is his best striker. Not one has really convinced so far. So they've chipped in with goals. You know, they've got they've got goals so far this season, but I don't think that Ivram could be really happy with the season they've had so far. Um, and then you look at the wings, you know, Johan Bukash has, has come good recently, but then you've got Dilra's son, who's, who's a bit up and down um, yeah. with his performances. Um, 
Pak Xiao, the, the Brazilian, he's still still young. He's he's looks good from what he, we've seen of him. But then you've got you know someone like Adressi, who again is very hit and miss. I think that their attack, if it was as um what's the word, if it was as consistent as the defense and the midfield has been, then yeah, they would be a lot more comfortable in this title race. But I still think that they they look good. They've got the character, they've got the fighting spirit. Um, they showed that even without a key player, yes, they like um, caught you or, or bio, they were still able to beat, you know, the second place team in, in AZ. So it, it bodes well that they have the, the players in reserve to come in and they still put in performances to grind out wins. So that's where you need to be winning the title. And yeah, now it's just a case of them picking up those wins, grinding them out and then staying ahead of Ajax. But you know, next month, I think it's a month today, I think it's on the 19th of March. It's the big one, you know, Ajax, Feyenoord in Amsterdam. Yeah. That's looking like that could be the big game between now and the end of the season to, to really see if Feyenoord have it. If they go to, to Amsterdam and come away with, with a point or a win, then, yeah, you, you don't really see anything stopping them between now and the end of the season. And what have said, uh, they were top of the table um, if, if they won that game. And it would have been a very different pitch for them this weekend. Now it looks like they I mean, could. I mean, I'm, I'm saying could very tentatively there, but it could just be in a battle for third, fourth, it, um, avoiding the playoffs almost from 20 to two. But such a good team on their day. But it feels like they don't have enough of those really good days. Someone like Jesper Carlson hasn't been consistent enough recently. Um, I've had written action my predictions article on the website that I just feel like he goes invisible when when he's not mentally right. It's like you can tell when he's in the mood to play really well and you can tell when he's not quite on his game that day, which wasn't really the case for him before, before he was motivated, was a key player for RZ. And now there's no one really breathing down his neck to take his place in the team. Van Breda Rodo is a talent, um, gets some minutes. But RZ have got 14 players probably that get good, good game minutes. And then there's a lot of young players around that so you don't really have that pressure do of losing your spot on the team. It also means with with the European games coming up, this squad's going to get very tired soon. Um, and they're going to drop more points we've seen already in the home games. They struggle to break down deep defences. Do you think this is the title race? Not, not, not over, but do you think this is like a sign of what could be to come from them? And maybe something we thought possibly was coming anyway from this team? Um, we've never really held RZ that high in our estimations the start of the season that you in particular might me, me too though I suppose we, we both thought Pascal Janssen he's got he's not a great coach he's missing some players again this season and then they have surprised us but it just felt like now we know what's coming and they're going to sort of drift away a little yeah I mean they proved me wrong because at the start of the season I was very down on on our chances and I thought they've been been excellent so far but the reason I was down on them apart from Pascal Janssen was the fact that I didn't think their squad was was good enough to compete at the top. And if you mm. lost one or two players, then they do become a lot weaker. And yeah, when you look at the bench yesterday, the players that they're bringing on, you know, the first substitution that they made was was the left back got changed. And in midfield, they've got a couple of youngsters on the bench and Mihailovic should have signed in January, but hasn't really convinced yeah. yet. Um, mm. You know, they brought him in. I think there was a big excitement about him coming in and they paid quite a lot of money for him, but I don't think he's hit hit the heights yet. And then up front, if they take off a striker, who have they got? You know, they've got Yusuf Barassi on the bench. I mean, they've not exactly got that that backup that's going to 
come on and score goals. I think that the struggle with injuries, you know, you got Bruno Martins in the out. I um, mean, you're, you're having to play, you know, Valter Gauss, the the 18 year old in centre defence. Um, you know, they're missing Danny Devitt as well. This is an important player for them. But yeah, I think that is have had an excellent year so far. But their squad isn't good enough to win the title for me. I think that they are going to finish around the third, fourth mark. I think that it's between them and, and PSV for, for third. And I think that AZ have a great chance of finishing third because PSV just looks so inconsistent at the moment. So, yeah, um, I think that the best they can aim for really is third, which is a good campaign. Um, if they can go all the way to the end and, and put up a fight for the top two, that's so good. But I think they should be looking at the Europa Conference League as something that they can win and they can go really far in that competition. So... I think their mind might drift a little to that if they drop further and further behind Feyenoord. Yeah, it's, it's, it's teams in Europe, Dutch teams in Europe, it has to suit the team and the campaign they're having in the, in the, in the league, doesn't it, in a way, and unless you've got a really deep squad. Being with Netherlands, you, you can only really put your efforts in, in into one to one area. And, and Dutch teams at the moment, a lot of them are going for the, the league. And for RZ, if they can almost put that to one side too, maybe they've have one or two more poor results between now and when their game comes in March in the Conference League, their attention might then turn to that competition. I do genuinely think, like you might, that that's a competition they can actually win. There are a couple of good teams in there. I think Villarreal are in there, West Ham are in there. West Ham are in the Premier League relegation zone. It's a team that Isaac can beat, um, albeit a tough one. Uh, I think Fiorentina are in there too. But Twins have already shown this season that you can get chances against a team like that. Apart from that, there's a, there are a lot of mid-tier European teams. I, and I don't think I was a better than a lot of them. Anyway, that's that's them, I think, probably in the title race now. And they have got a few good players that may well go for good money again this summer. Whilst Carlson has been inconsistent, do you think he'll he'll get sold this summer? Um, Pavlidis probably too. He's been there a few years now. And then Kirkes, the left-back, I can't see him. Surely Ozzy won't keep a hold of him. He's had a, a fantastic season. And I know that European teams will be chasing for him. He's so young as well, and he's, he's playing so well. Um, and you, you said about PSV there. How is it that... How can Ruvan Istoroy stay much longer in, in that job? Perhaps he'll be the end of the season. Do do PSV keep the faith in him, the fact that they're fighting out with RZ and Twente to try and, try and avoid the European playoffs? A season that promised so much and... Really delivered, hasn't it? Yeah, I think that if you look at Eredivisie as a whole this season, I think you've had Ajax until recently having probably the worst start they've had in, in years. You had, you know, Feyenoord at the top. You're thinking that if PSV had it together, that they would have, this would have been a great season for them to, to win the league. And mm. it just hasn't worked like that. You know, you, you can say that they lost Gakpo in, in January. Um, which is obviously a big ball they've lost Madueke, but Madueke hardly had they played at times because he was he was out injured. But yeah. you're just expecting a bit more from them this season. And at times they, they look good. I mean against Sevilla the midweek, I think they, they looked really good in that game for periods, but then they just fall apart defensively. I think that even against Utrecht, there's times that they look good, but then they concede silly goals and yeah, and then they just they drop points. And it, it seems to be the same for them. That out of the top three at the moment, they seem the most, or top four, they seem the most likely to to end up drawing away against the team that they should be beating or, or dropping points at, at home because there's just something not clicking. And 
even with the the players they brought in, you know, they brought in Fabio Silva, who scored a lot of goals in, in Belgium, hasn't really impressed in England. But why? Because if you're not going to play him as the number one striker and you're going to keep going with Luke de Jong, is he going to be happy coming on with like 20 minutes to go? Um, or are you going to play him on the wing? Um, and then he, he's picking players like Bakioko and, and Sabari. And Sabari, for me, doesn't look ready yet for this sort of football. I think he shows glimpses, but against Sevilla in midweek, I was wondering why he, he played so long because he was missing chances, losing the ball a few times. Um, and then I think you're looking at somebody like Xavi Simmons to basically carry the team at times. Um, if he doesn't do something special, then they're not going to score goals. So is it all Van Nistelrooy's fault? I don't know at the moment whether you can say that he's going to be a top quality manager. I'm leaning towards no. I think he's a name. But there's nothing that he's done so far this season that I think, oh, he's really changed that game in PSV's favour, or he's done this that's happened, or he's really motivated his players or anything like that. It just seems that he was the man that was available in the summer and then he just went with him. I don't know if it's worked yet. I, I wouldn't say he's a top-class coach getting the best out of his players. So, again, it's up to Marcel Brands if he wants to, or... You know, whoever comes in, if you want to decide that Van Nistelrooy's had his chance and he's not taking the most of it, then they do have to go with somebody else because get knocked out of Europe, that's going to happen this week. I don't think they're going to turn around a 3-0 defeat in midweek. And yeah, if they finish third, even fourth, even fifth, because Twente is still in it, then yeah, you've got to look at that being a disastrous season for them. Yeah, I think Van Nistelrooy's is unfortunately just a bit of a name uh don't think he's catastrophic i mean as an aston villa fan to bring some occasion in the podcast i mean steven gerald as manager that was pretty bad in the end but there were some promising moments i think the the character the, the persona that aura that, that that kind of person could bring because of their life as a football and the confidence they have does help to a certain extent but tactically um who's it now that van Nistelrooy has next to him on the bench his assistant coach yeah, Fred um, Rutten. That's the one, Fred Rutten. That's the experienced coach, isn't it, behind this team? But if Fred Rutten was a manager, you wouldn't expect him to be pulling at many trees and PSV to be top of the table. So that's probably the person who's tactically behind it all. And you've got Van Nistelrooy's, that man manager that he's steering the ship. Um, he's got he's got the, the confidence to do it, but maybe maybe not. This sounds this sounds really kind of um, horrible. This is maybe that brains behind it. I know that when Gerald was manager of Villa, he didn't really have that tactical awareness. And he was one of the assistant coaches. He's now the manager of Rangers that was doing all of that. And um, you can see that how successful he is now, Michael Beale. How about players like Sobari and Bakayoko as well? They're relying upon these young players. But Sobari's 21, um, 22 at the end of the season. Uh, not, you know, fair play to me, he's getting some games to PSV, but they shouldn't be relying on a player like that if he's not going to have that promise and, and the game time of getting out at the age of 21. Do you think he's ever going to be PSV level? I think back Yoko is showing glimpses. I think he's yeah. got something about him, but I'm still mm. not convinced of Sabari, especially as a winger. Um, I know it's because yeah. you know we've got El Ghazi and and Hazard out injured, but you know they have to play these sort of players. But whether they're this PSV level, then I'm really not sure. Um, and whether they and if they don't have somebody like El Ghazi or Hazard available why doesn't he try and switch formation and try it with you know silver up front as well 
maybe try something a little bit different and try and use the players that you have that have experience and have the quality um, to do something different. But it's just, it just seems like the Dutch way is, oh, we need to play 4 free free at PSV and then we'll just put players there um, because they're because that's the way we have to play and we just won't you know, change tactically. Um, maybe they don't have, I mean, as you said, Van der doesn't have the tactical now to do something like that and he just decides this is the way we're going to play. No changes whatsoever. Um, but it's not working at the moment. You know, in Seville, they, they fell apart against Utrecht and our 2-2 draw, which basically not ends their title hopes, but makes it very, very unlikely that they're going to going to catch up unless something as fine or Ajax keep dropping points to now and end of the season. So, yeah, it's just, I think if you're a PSV fan at the moment, you're just frustrated because Ajax and Feyenoord, Feyenoord are having a great season. Ajax aren't, but Ajax is still ahead of you. It shows that you're not having a good season at all. And mm. so, yeah, if I was a PSV fan, losing your best players in January and then not really improving and then not having a coach that's willing to like change things, then, yeah, I'd be, I'd be very disappointed at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we will be talking about one particular young Dutch player who plays PSV a little later in the, in, in the show. But when you talk about Ajax, um, coming second now, what have you made of Johnny Heisker starting as manager? I'm really keen to get your thoughts on this, Mike. I've not actually spoken to you about this in particular. How Alfa Schroeder finally has left the club. Um, no, I'm, not, I'm not an Ajax fan, but I just was <laughs> quite, quite, quite fed up for seeing, seeing the club actually get getting ruins and I'm a fan of Dutch football. I want to see Dutch teams do really well in Europe and have the league as, as strong as possible. Um, and it was just going backwards. Ten Hag's hard work's been ruined. Heutinger though seems to have, have learned a lot from Ten Hag and his presence. Um, what do you think it brings to the table tactically though and with his man management? Because Ajax all of a sudden have started scoring goals again, haven't they? Yeah, I think the the writing was on the wall for, for Schroeder for ages. I mean, mm. I was going for gone. the World Cup. <laughs> yeah, they wanted him gone for the World Cup, and then nobody made that decision. And then it kept going and kept going. And then eventually, you know, like I think it was the game against Volendam that they drew at home. And yet they needed that to, to finally get rid of him. But it was performances like that for weeks and weeks and weeks, and they did absolutely nothing. Um, you can see it was going nowhere. The players weren't listening. I mean, the, the story that broke the you know, they they ask the players if they're unhappy with the tactics and all, and put their hands up and stuff like that. It's just like, if how does that get out into the media? That's unbelievable. Yeah. And if that's going to happen to you, you know, it's not going to be turned around. Um, and then you know, arguments with Daily Blind and then in the dressing room, and then he left, and yeah, it's it was a shambles. And they finally got rid of him, and then now you can see what what's happened. You know, the team have a bit of confidence about them. Um, you know, Heitinger's probably coming in and he's installed some discipline. I know that he's banned mobile phones, um, maybe because the players were on their phones all the time during training and he's decided to come in, bring a bit of discipline, which I think they needed. And he's changed things a little bit tactically because, you know, Mohamed Kudis, Ajax fans are crying out for him to be a focal point of the side. Yeah. And I think Heitinger's realised that he is the player that they sort of need in that attack to make it work. And yeah, he's been great recently for them. And mm. moving Dusan Tadic from the wing, where he was a disaster, to through the middle has worked perfectly. And now he's scoring goals again. He's getting assists. It's just looking good again. And all it's needed is a couple of tactical tweaks and somebody to come in and basically offer that discipline that obviously Schroeder didn't have. Mm. And you would think that Ajax are probably back on the right path league-wise. 
I still think there's doubts about quality in this side, and I think that that's where they're falling down in yeah. Europe. I think they're missing two or three really good players. Um, and yeah, there's a couple of players in there that I look at and I'm like, what do you actually offer? Um, mm. Are you actually good enough for a side like this? Um, I'm quite interested to hear who you think that is, by the way. I mean, one player I could pick out probably is, um, again, it's, it's hard to pick out players it's and, and be so harsh, but Devon Lynch is, is a good player, but isn't Ajax level, is he? Um, and, and, and I think one of the big problems in Europe for me is in midfield. And Kenneth Taylor's a young up and coming player, but isn't isn't quite good enough, or maybe the player next to him, Alvarez, hasn't hasn't been as good. But that that's for me where they're really lacking. It's in midfield. Yeah, like Kenneth Taylor is a player that I look at, and he scores some goals, so he gets in the right position to score some goals. And you'll come up with a assist now and then. But I watch him and I think, what is he actually good at? What would you say that makes him a standout midfielder over given? Fitz Jim more more playing time or or going out and signing somebody else from from another club, mm. and I'm still not convinced yet that he's going to be a world class player. I don't think he is. Um, I don't think you know when you watched Ajax when they went to the Champions League final, you knew that Frankie De Jong was a world class player because of what he was doing on the pitch. When you look at Kenneth Taylor, you're just like, okay, he's he's all right, and that's it. And then you come yeah. up against better teams in Europe and you get found out because. He is just an all right player that's, that comes up with a goal here and there. He's, he's kind of like, I don't I don't like to pick on him because I always pick on him when everyone's plays well. But he's kind of like a David Klassen, whereas he's there and then he'll come up with a, a, an important goal in there because he can get into right spaces. But for 87 minutes, he won't do anything. And then for three minutes, he scores a goal. You know, it's, it's that sort of player that for Ajax, he's really good or he looks good. But when you come up against better teams, he doesn't have the quality. Mm-hmm. To really take you to that next level, and I think Kenneth Taylor is probably one of those at the moment. Um, I hope he proves me wrong, and he, he comes out to be a, an excellent player. But if you're looking at Nevon's quality players, I don't think he's that level um, compared to to someone at PSV that we'll probably speak about in a bit, who looks world class. Then you know what you're getting with him. But yeah, Divine Wrench as well. I think that he's he's had his criticism a lot this season. He just looks. Good at times, but then he also looks very average at times. And it's the same with a few of their buys. Calvin Bassey is another one. They've spent a lot of money on him. Yeah. You don't uh, think he's going to come good, though? I still think he has a bit of potential. He's got potential, but he's also got potential to to fall apart as well and have a few clangers. And that's not what you Mm. want from somebody you spent so much money on, um, especially in Der Divisi or when Ajax have ambitions to get to the Champions League knockout rounds. Mm. Is Bassey the sort of player you want? Um, one that can look good in some games and then get terrorised in others. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if he, he is the answer yet. I think that coming the summer, I know that Kaplan's out injured and he might have been the answer, but coming the summer, I think they're going to have to look at bringing in a, a new centre-back, um, probably a new right-back, and then overhaul the midfield as well if they're really going to be serious about going mm-hmm. further in Europe. Yeah, that's the thing. So what do you do then with Kenneth Taylor? He's a homegrown player. He plays quite well, but are Ajax going to be ruthless enough to take that kind of player out of the team, like Devon Wrench? Are they going to be ruthless enough to do that? Um, Taylor reminds me of like a mixture between Carol Eiting and Daly Sinkraven, two players that used to play for Ajax. The kind of things they do on the pitch, but neither of them are playing for the Netherlands because they're not quite good enough. But they're both good players. Kenneth is a good player, but he's not, like you said, that level of Ajax player is going to really push on into the Champions League. I take your point about Bassi. 
yeah, he just has one too many mistakes at the minute. But I'll, I'll see. I'll see, see where that one goes. Um, he's coming from some tough times in the media as well, isn't he? Like people have been criticising him. He has been making mistakes. Um, but he's, he's a good defender at times too. Uh, so we'll have to see what comes out of that one. Yeah, let's. Um, that that was that was a title race. And again, whilst we talked about Twente as well in the past, just don't think away from home. There, they're quite strong enough. Lost to go ahead Eagles this weekend. I think that's that's them out of it, isn't it? Um, but yes, there, there, there have been many twists and turns, and lots more to come, I'm sure. We'll touch upon it again in future podcasts. There's, there's a few players, though, throughout the league, the Brazil, that have really, really been catching my eye um, with regards to Ronald Koeman's next Netherlands squad. Two of them are goalkeepers, and the other one's that young start PSV. Chavez Simons has been... Well, it's been amazing, hasn't he? He's been getting better and better and better. Genuinely looks like a real player. I'm just so excited to see him continue that development and really, really become quite a key player for the Netherlands. He seems like an attacking spot that they might just be missing. Someone that's good on the ball and not just running with the ball. Because that's the thing, we've had a lot of quick players that have been good technically, but Chavi Simons can just do a bit of everything. And that, I don't know quite how it works. Like We play as a 10, as a right winger. Um, we played as a left winger against Sevilla the other night and did, did had, you know had some good moments in the game. Is he, is he someone that you put in, in an Evans 11 at the minute, Michael? Or do you think it's going to be a little longer yet? For me, I would, I would put him in. If, especially yeah. if we're going to go for a 4-3-3. Um, mm. I'd, I'd stick him in there, definitely, 100%. He's, even as a winger, he's probably up there with the best winger everyone's have at the moment, um, form-wise. Um, if you're going to stick him in as a number 10, he's, he's up there with the best number 10 and everyone yeah. have form-wise. So if you're picking your players on form, why wouldn't you pick Xavier Simmons? Because he's shown more than, than they are a player that, in his position. I think what Cumin, the question mark that he'll have is, we're coming up against France. Does he want to go with an experienced side against France? Or does he want to give you know Simmons his first start and possibly on, on the wing? I think he'd probably play play him there um but yeah i think it's exciting for for dutch football as a whole when you think about the players that have produced recently have been mostly center backs that they do have a world-class talent in an attacking position that's coming through now and yeah he does look like he's gonna be a huge success and for one part that's worrying for psv that if they don't you know match his level he can go um but yeah, for me, I, I just really like watching him play. He's one of these players that you watch football for because he picks up the ball, he does something with it. Yeah. Um, he runs up players, he can he can set up chances, he can score great goals. Um, we've seen it all from him this year. And yeah, it's very exciting for, for Netherlands. But in terms of national team, I don't think he was utilised enough at the World Cup. I think he, we yeah. saw him once um, for a little short period. Uh, but I think now is his time. I think that Kuman needs to realise that if he's going to go for free free and we need players to play on the wing that, that Simmons he can't be ignored. Yeah, yeah. A couple of goalkeepers stood out for me as well. Um Jasper Sillison, I think now deserves a chance again, um, having done quite with NEC. And uh with injuries as well, you know, Bilo's out, Passphere isn't really an option anymore. Noppert has been injured. I'm not sure if he'd be fit anyway for those games. He might be, but given that Sillison's been playing you probably put him in, in, in the squad and then probably, probably does get picked to be first choice. Um, I don't know how else you could pick more. Maybe you can let us know in a minute. Maybe Mark Flecken. Um, 
But, uh, but the other goalkeeper to be standing out for me is Nick Alai at Sparta. Uh, Cassini four against Ajax today. I don't think you'd say it was like, a fault for any of the goals. But until before that game, he had the highest save percentage in the league. Um, kept more clean sheets. Well, he's kept half half the games he's played this season in the league. He's kept his clean sheets. Um, someone again like Noppert in his twenties, like he's twenty seven, is, is, is now standing out. Um, not saying he should be first choice, by the way, but comes into contention. Noppert came out of nowhere. Nikolai might have come out of nowhere. Yeah, and it's funny to think that you know a couple of years ago it was Van Hal. Was it last year? Was it? Yeah, it might be last year. It was Van Hal standing on the stage giving him the yeah. goalkeeper of the year award for the second division? Uh, basically, see, saying, yeah, yeah and he was like, oh, you should go to AZ because they need a goalkeeper. Um, hmm. Who knows? He could then be being orange. But yeah, I think he's having a good season. I think that him and and Silas are definitely going to come into contention with in terms of the Netherlands. Um, I think there has been a few few standout goalkeepers. I think that if you look at uh, Jeffrey DeLang as well, I think that he's come out this week and said that he thinks he's the best, one of the best goalkeepers in the Netherlands and he deserves a chance. Played really well today. Um, and then you have, the only other one that I'd mention is because you got mentioned by the goalkeeping coaches and that is Bart Verbruggen of Anderlecht because he's now first choice there. And yeah, when they interviewed the goalkeeping coach a couple of weeks ago, he said that he was one that he was very much keeping an eye on. So he might come into the squad after his injuries. But I totally agree with Silas, and I think that in terms of form, he's been excellent for for NAC. And if you're going to go with somebody experienced, knows the knows the shirt, knows the responsibility, then I think he does deserve another chance. And yeah, I think he definitely will be in the squad because there isn't enough goalkeepers to really fill it. So he's definitely going to be in there. Yeah, yeah. Anyone else be standing out for you, Mike? I mean, those are the three players I've kind of had my eye on going. You know, they, they could be... I mean, Silas has been picked before. Silas has been picked before. But Arlo could be a new name and we could be seeing Silas and Simon possibly starting for the Netherlands, given that chance. Anyone on the periphery for you or maybe deserves a start now from what you've seen? And not just in the is he, of course. Yes, there's quite a few that I think need to be called out. I think that Gertrude for Feyenoord. Oh, yeah, good shout. Um, mm. He's really coming into his own now. And he was captain from yesterday. He's so consistent. He can play right back. He can play in centre defence. Um, mm. I think that it's getting a bit silly now if he doesn't get a call up. But then you look at the centre back options that everyone's have. <laughs> and if you say, well, let's bring Gertrude in. Who do you drop? And then if you drop, say, Timber for your Trouda or DeVry for your Trouda, that leaves out Botman. So like, I wouldn't want to be wrong given trying to pick his centre defenders, but the, the, I guess the positive thing about your Trouda is he can play right back. So if you've got Denver... Is he now Dumfries, second choice right back? Or is that behind Dumfries? There's Dumfries who... Is attacking so but it depends if four three three if he's gonna play that way. Mm-hmm. Five three two Dumfries starts. But four three three when you need that right back to be a bit more defensive, you're looking at Gerardo is a great option. And then you're looking at Kenny Tete, who is getting rave reviews in the mm-hmm. Premier League film this year. Um who who can't be ignored now as well. So and then you've got Frimpong, uh Bio Everkisen, but then he's another one that's very attacking and the only thing about Frimpong is that 
he can represent Ghana and Ghana are pushing for him. So if he didn't get any minutes in the World Cup, Kuman comes in, doesn't pick him, it might be a case that he just decides, right, this is not going to happen. I've waited long enough. I'll go represent Ghana and Africa. So I'd like to see Frimpong always given his debut in the upcoming games. But yeah, the defensive options that Netherlands have at the moment, a right back and centre back, are crazy. Um, the amount of players that we have that are of a hugely high standard that are coming through is insane. Um, I just wish it was in other areas as well, but in terms <laughs> of centre-backs and right-backs, we're, we're set for years. Um, then, in terms of midfielders, I don't think he's ready yet. I can't see him getting caught up yet, but Matt Sweefer of Feyenoord, I think, is having a really good yeah. few weeks. Um, I think he's yeah. a player that Netherlands need. One that just picks up the ball, makes interceptions, does the tidy stuff. Um, if you're getting somebody that can eventually replace Darun in there, hmm. I think that Weaver's definitely one that needs to, to be kept an eye on. And then we're looking at France for the two boys at Toulouse because Van den Boomen is continued what he was doing in the second division last year, getting goals and assists, and he looks yeah. like a very creative midfielder. And then you've got Thijs Delinga, who we talked about a lot um, last season because he was scoring goal after goal after goal after goal for Excelsior. It took him a bit this season, but now he's on fire. He scored again tonight against Marseille. I think he has now nine league goals he's got. But I think he's got seven or eight since the turn of the year. Um, he seems to be very consistent at the moment. And that's playing at a high level. So if we're looking for a striker right now, I would look at, you know, Dalinga, for me, would be ahead of Brobby at the moment because Brobby's not playing. Brobby's a bit part role at Ajax. So if you're going to go mm-hmm. for somebody a bit different, I'd go with him. Um, and the other thing I want to call out was my United have started playing Valverde courses as a number eight. So Really bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I think they've seen Joe Linton for Newcastle and decided, oh, yeah. see if this works for, for Val Weghorst. Um So, Cumin does have a lack of strikers. You know, Memphis Depay is getting hardly any minutes for Atletico. Robbie's not starting for Ajax. Luke De Jong's been very hit and miss. Weghorst is playing in midfield. <laughs> you have to look at Dolinga. You have to, to decide if he's the right one because you've got Xerxes not playing for Bologna. Bordeaux scored for Monaco today, but he's not, you know, a starting striker for them. He's one that comes off the bench every fourth, third or fourth game. So, and Vincent Janssen is top goal scorer in Belgium, but most of those are penalties. So, I think that after the World Cup, I think a lot of people would not want to see him picked up again, no. even though if he does keep scoring in, in Belgium. So, doesn't show a step forward, does it, if you're still picking him? Yeah. Um, so I think Delinga is definitely one to keep an eye on because um, he's definitely an interesting prospect. I think he's 22, 23 at the moment. So yeah, he's, he's yeah. There's, there's a few players out there I think Kumin could hand first call-ups to. I'd be a bit worried if Kumin comes in, picks basically the same squad as the World Cup and then adds mm. in, say, Vinaldum. I'd be like, okay. He's not really watching for these new players that are coming through. He's just going with the same old that he had before. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm intrigued to see that. You know, that squad can't come soon enough. I think the provisional will be very interesting to see who gets in there at least. Um, just to get an indication of who Kumin thinks is playing well at the moment. Who Who's he watching? You know, is he looking at Fire or looking at Pfeiffer and, and Gertrude? Is he, is he impressed by AZ? Um, 
and some of the players that are there. He's, as he looked at 20, maybe a guy small at left back, you know, who's he going to pick? So I think that's going to be intriguing for, for next month anyway. If all else fails, um, we could pick a striker who's been doing it, doing really well. For, okay, say Valvike. We could have a bit of Michael Kramer making his first cap, couldn't we? <laughs> I would love to see that. Those that really love the league will know him and would love to see Kramer play for the Netherlands. <laughs> I think it's like when you used to get calls for Brian Winston to get starts. I think that's what that is. Yeah, that sounds very similar, doesn't it, on this podcast? Mm. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> We've we've called out some people that you know could could get a call up in about three four weeks time something like that when we know a bit more about Cummins thinking. Um, Tart race is is absolutely on, on on fire. I just want to touch upon Dutch teams in Europe. It felt a bit depressing um, Thursday night uh, when I was thinking right you know this could be a chance for PSV or Ajax to to get to get a good result either in Sevilla for PSV or Ajax beat Union Berlin back in form. Ajax. Don't think I had a shot on target the whole game uh, against Union Berlin. Um, and PSV just looked like a real step below Sevilla when they lost 3-0. Um, a team that are mid-table kind of struggling to stay up in the Liga. And Union Berlin, who have a, had a brilliant season in the Bundesliga, but it just felt like Ajax were nowhere near the kind of football that they've put out in the past in Europe. Um so you know, maybe we're we're speaking here on a Sunday. People might be listening to this about a week's time, um, and they might be going, "Well, one of them made it through." I feel like Ajax more likely to do it against Union Berlin. But the state of teams in Europe now, we've got final order probably won't take you too seriously with the league title um, on on the hands. RZ, like we said earlier, could challenge the Conference League. Is their squad deep enough? We could really be talking about all four teams going out at the first hurdle in their knockout phase. Um, that would be quite, quite the sober, sober moment, wouldn't it, for us? If after after last season, after the group stages was so good this time, to have had then maybe non make it to a quarter final or something. Yeah, I think it'd be be disastrous up all the the coefficient. Mm. You know, the way that they did it last year, the you know getting that extra Champions League place for Netherlands, which will eventually come into to fold and bring us next year. The I think there's been a real drop off in quality in the Netherlands in terms of each side that's in Europe is missing one or two players in key areas and yeah. it's really hurting them. Like PSV in the summer probably needed a centre back in the best and I, he has been playing well. I'm not gonna say that he hasn't been playing well, but they went for Jared Branthwaite, who isn't an experienced player, they went for a, like a youngster that's like a reserve at Everton. Instead of going for like a top quality centre back that knows Europe and knows how to play in a European league, now he's been a good player for them. But then when it I comes, see to going, I actually he's been pretty good. Yeah. And do you think he was at fault for the severe match? No, not necessarily. But I just think that mm. to go further in Europe, you need players that have that experience in European football who are wiry, who know what to do. And if you've got somebody that's playing in. Europe for the first ever time. I think he's been good for PSV, but is he Champions League level? We don't know yet. Whereas PSV okay. should be aiming for bringing in players that mm. are automatically Champions League level. They shouldn't be going for players that are playing reserve football forever. And mm. it doesn't matter how, how good in quality they are. I think that that's what the recruitment in the Netherlands needs to, to improve on. It needs to bring in players that are ready to play in Europe 
to progress this further, not go backwards and hope that these young players that they're bringing in from the Premier League sides that are not playing there are good enough to take them that level. We saw on Thursday, yeah, they have players like Xavi Simmons and and Sangari, but then they can easily just go to Sevilla and get get played off the park. So mm. I I worry that this week we're going to see both PSV. I think PSV are done. I think that they don't come back from that. You know, Sevilla could sit back um, on Thursday, soak up yeah. the pressure. I don't think PSV are going to score three goals and not concede any. Ajax have a chance, but I worry that Union Berlin are in such good form that at home they'll grind out results because it looked like Ajax were very frustrated on Thursday that Union Berlin came, played their game, and Ajax had no answer to them. Yeah. I think at home it'll be kind of similar. Um, so I worry that those two, because I was having Ajax's, you know, I hope it's a, a team that would go very far in this competition. But if they go out now, then yeah, I worry that Feyenoord will get distracted by the league and get put out, and then that leaves AZ as you know the sole flag. And then I think they will go quite far in the competition, but until they meet somebody like a Fiorentina or West Ham, and then I don't think they have that quality that will get them through two legs. Um, so yeah, I don't think we're going to see a Dutch club reaching a European final this year. I just hope that in the summer, the clubs use some of the money that they've gained this season to, to go out and buy some really quality players. And they will do because there will possibly be three places for the Champions League on offer, potentially. Yeah. Um, so I, the fact that there seen, are, aren't there? Yeah. So I, you've seen it with, with AZ in the past that they'll bring in money, but then they won't use it mm. as much. Um, you know, PSV, got a lot of money in January and then brought in Hazard on a loan. Um, so they need to use some of this money to, to really beef up their squads to make them European ready and make them have the same quality that they can rest players in the league and still win the games and then have them ready to to go far in, in the Champions League. But yeah, I, I'll be worried right now that the Dutch clubs will be all out by the time it gets to, say, the quarterfinal stage. Yeah. I think I was already going to get some of the look of the draw. Um, Confidently, they they may well do it. Uh, yeah, it's it's a draw as well. Like if you get you get Man United or Barcelona, of course, one of them will be knocked out. You're in for a real tough run. Um, but then also Mitchell just in the competition. So anyway, Mike, um, is there anything else Dutch football related you want to put touch upon today? Um, no, I think that that's pretty much covered. It. The only other thing I'd be you know. Okay, well, I don't know if we discussed them um, in the last podcast, but but Cronin look like they're heading down. Um, That's going to be a shock, isn't it? I think they're going down. Yeah, I think that for some reason I can't remember when we did the last podcast, but you know they they sat their coach, give it to the mm-hmm. assistant. The assistant's not won a game. You know they've not won since they beat PSV. Big, big bad position. Uh, it's the technical director left. Um, there's nobody making decisions, they just seem a club that is utterly rudderless, that's just going straight down um, and nobody's there to stop it. Uh, so, yeah, it's a shame for Dutch Football, such a, a team that's battling for Europe for years, has found themselves now as second bottom in the league, looking absolutely hopeless, where last time when we were doing the season um, sort of halfway through preview, I was talking about Volendam being down and out. Now they look like they could survive. Yeah. Ronigan are out. So yeah, I think that 
it's exciting at the top. I think it's going to be exciting at the bottom as well. I think there's three or four clubs down now that, that can get there. But yeah, Groningen right now, if I was one of their fans, I'd be absolutely furious at what's going on behind the scenes because yeah. it's, it's total mismanagement there. Um, and it's it's not nice to see such a big club in the Netherlands going down. But then we to Ado Den Haag have done it. Pigs 4 have done Thanks it. Heracles 20 have done it and come back. So maybe they just need a total reset. You know, a year in the second division, sort themselves out and then come back. But exactly, because that can really help, and you can bring through some of these younger players, perhaps make some money from that. Yeah. They, they actually have the quality to do it, but it's, it's so mismatched with players coming out, players coming in. Um, the January editions weren't bad ones, really. Uh, but it's year upon year. I think, I think it's. <laughs> It's, it's a good sort of club to go, right, this is this is your warning of the teams. Because some teams have been doing it for years now where they are stripping back at the cost of the club, getting weaker and weaker year upon year, thinking, well, we can stay up with this team. We can stay up with this team. No ambition whatsoever. And they end up like Honigan, and they've been totally mismanaged this season. That's almost a different kettle of fish. But the past few years, they have genuinely just been trying to get away with not really buying very much. Um relying upon the likes of Pelopessi to come back to the Netherlands and be the captain of a club when he's barely played for Sheffield Wednesday. He had a good season or so in, in the Netherlands before he left. Like that's not that's not ambition. That's that's preparing for a relegation battle, isn't it really? Um Elvis Manny, yeah. another one. You know, he's been yeah, playing Elvis Bulgaria, Manny, yeah. Bulgaria for, for years and then he comes back and he's expected to be the one that's gonna keep them up with a goal. So yeah. It's not good enough. No. No. Um, and then, of course, it could be it could be Emin and Cumbo as well. The current um, bottom three that, that are the bottom three at the end of the season probably will change. Um, but they just don't really seem to have enough quality um, unless Excelsior will get dragged into it. Um, and then coming back up, we might have some teams, I think, in the Ursula Divisi that are those medium-sized clubs that, that have been ever busy before. Um, Master Marchette, Peck Swaller, Heracles possibly coming back up. Um I don't be surprised to see a third team come up and beat the team in the playoffs because, again, there is that gap in quality. There's a good bunch of mid-table teams this year that are decent quality, and then there's a, the bottom... Well, the bottom three at the minute are pretty bad. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> so I would be surprised if it, if it was different than those three. Yeah, you got... Right now, you've got Pegs for... Run six points clear at the top. you got Heracles second. Then there's a big gap to... Almira and then VVV and Willem Twe. So, yeah, I think that you're going to pick Zola coming straight back up with Heracles. And then, yeah, it depends on whether they learn a lesson. Because I think that going back a couple of years ago, you were criticizing Heracles for buying players from like the German third division. So, yeah, depends if they learn a lesson from that and whether they, they realize that they need some quality to stay up and some, basically spend some money. So, mm. yeah. I think it's better for the Eredivisie that these clubs come back up and start performing to what they should yeah. be um, just to improve the quality overall. Mm. Yeah, it's always good. We want to see an exciting league. Um, of course, guys, if you enjoyed this podcast, give it a like wherever you're listening. Um, comment along, especially watching on YouTube, get involved in the comments below. What do you think of a title race? What are you thinking of the Eredivisie in general? Who are those players that are catching your eye in the Eredivisie or elsewhere that you want to see play for the Netherlands um, next month? Uh, you can, of course, follow Mike and I on Twitter. Twitter handles are there. And Football Daniel, the website, has got much more going on to it um, over this weekend, over the coming weeks. The build-up to the Netherlands game is coming up. Eredivisie is still battling on. Um, I would be surprised if final are dethroned. 
I've been saying it for weeks now, but they just look like they're on for something special at the minute. Um, if anyone disagrees with me, let me know in the comments. But it feels like now where Ajax and, and Finals are going to be probably those two um, that are going to stick out at the top, getting some wins. But Mike, thanks for joining me. Um, and thanks everyone for, for watching and listening. And more from us very soon. Bye. Bye.